So today, cracking in straight in with our series, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 5 and verse uh, 21. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. We're starting with Enoch. So Enoch had lived 65 years. He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God, and he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. When Methuselah lived 187 years, he fathered um, Lamech. Methuselah lived um, after he fathered Lamech for 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. Um, And then it talks about um, Lamech having Noah. And it comes to the beginning of chapter 6. Now the reason why that little bit I wanted to read first is because Enoch is this dope guy who walks with God and God takes him. Um, I'm not that dope. I'm still here. Uh, so I'm not like Enoch. But his kid was called Methuselah. And Methuselah is, is so key. Like, it, like the Noah film that they brought out, there was so much in that film that was totally not in the Bible account. I loved it. Every other Christian hated it because they're a bit too uptight and mature. Um, so they were like, uh, what? And they freaked out. Uh, the film was weird. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say like it's amazing. But the one thing that was true to scripture they actually kept was the weirdest thing that pretty much no one really knows and pays attention to. So Methuselah's name in Hebrew means when he dies, it shall come. So when Methuselah dies in the film, the flood kind of happens. So like they had these rock monster angels and stuff just thrown in there like like the story's not exciting enough like the genocide of the world but you know okay if that doesn't grip you I don't know what will but you had to have um, stone rock angel monster things but they get that one crazy weird truth that no one really pays attention to so the reason we started there is Methuselah dies and it comes because that's what his name means so when he dies this happened but then it skips so we get to we're going to chapter 6 and the first few verses and it says when man had begun to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of man were attractive and they took them as wives, any they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever for his flesh. And, he, his, and then there's this limit of 120 years. So we don't know if this gets said when there's like 120 years till like Methuselah dies and he wrecks habit or whether that's the cap on how long people would tend to live um, after that. Probably not that because Abraham lived longer anyway. Um, so, and then it talks about the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, they bore children to them. These were mighty men of old who were of renown. Like, bare people get, like, have, like, all these, like, kind of um, stories about this. There's so many different views. So, like, when you read this kind of in, in, in English language, um, you get different pictures from how you read it in its original language. So, a lot of the time, when people talk about, like, the sons of God, they automatically assume straight away there were angels like, that, were, that were having sex with women. Um, which is something that some people have put forward. Um, others have talked about kind of like demonic kind of beings, um, and others have just put forward men. Um, a, um, in the Hebrew, it comes out loosely translated as waste man, um, which is literally like pretty much how it comes up. It's the closest thing to it um, if you're going to take a slang word. So the way it comes up is fallen one. So the Nephilim that it talks about means fallen one. So like the people of the time are wicked. What's interesting about this is it like mirrors the creation story. So in kind of like creation, what you have was you had them see like the fruit. So when they saw the fruit, the fruit was really attractive. They took the fruit. The one tree they're told not to take from, they, they took it. So they saw it, it was attractive, they took it. What it says here about the sons of God or the fallen ones, um, whether you want to 
go with the whole angel thing you can do that if you want or if you want to go with the whole demon thing you want to go with that that's cool or if you want to go with the whole just fallen messed up people what they did was they saw with their eyes and they saw that the women were were, were, were boomtings the, the girl with them sugar they were attracted and what they did was they didn't, they didn't woo them they didn't try to build a relationship or nothing like that it says they took them so when we did a series at City Hill we did a series when we first started just because I was amused by it we did um Sex in the City Hill. That was our, our series. And the first talk we did was um, yada, 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 which is like a saying we say for etc., etc., etc. But actually, that's never what yada means. Yada is a Hebrew word. It was on Seinfeld because this woman was talking about something that was explicit and sexual. And so when she was saying it, she went yada, 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 because she's Jewish, in a Jewish tradition. So she's saying like sex, 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 you know, but not wanting to say what happened. Um, but to everyone else, we were like, oh, yeah, da 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 da, yada yada yada. I like it, etc., etc., etc. It's not, it means to know. And that Adam yada Eve, like, he knew her. And, like, so it's like, I want to know you. It's like that thing when you first start dating and, or, and you're, like, on the phone to that person for hours and hours and hours. That's like yada. Like, I want to know you because you're wanting to get to that place where do I want to be with this person? Do I want to know them, know them, like Adam knew them? And it's that process building up to that. Whereas what these guys and what it's talking about here, so even if we're not talking about angelic beings, we could be talking about fallen, depraved people because it goes on to say that the Lord saw in verse 5 that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart so the Lord said I will blot out man who I have created from the face of the land man and animals, creeping things, birds of heavens for I am sorry that I have made them but Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord so what we have is we have a lot of seeing going on so in the initial story we have seeing the fruit is attractive, taking the fruit, eating it and everything going to pot then what happens is following on from that tradition is we go through like um, chapter 4 of the Genesis story which is building up to this and then we have the same mirroring that basically he's, he's seen these, these, these boom girls, these hot girls and what we're talking about in this passage is pretty much kind of rape that's what we're talking about and so we're talking about this on like a massive massive scale so like continually the evilness in man's heart so God is basically seeing everything and he's seeing just non-stop raping and pillaging of, of beautiful wonderful women and he's watching all of this and he's got to the point where it says and the Lord was sorry he made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart when we look at that kind of like literally um, it's, it's, it's a little bit different so we have a couple of parallels we have the parallel of the fruit but we also have another parallel it starts by saying man multiplied in the face of the land and it talks about it in a negative way in that passage which is really eye-opening because in the beginning of the Genesis account the first command God ever gives it's not the Ten Commandments the first ever commandment is to bang like bunnies and have loads of kids he's like multiply subdue the earth but since what's happened in what Christians call the fall and this moment in the garden what's happened is instead of goodness being multiplied all over the world which is what he had planned with Adam and Eve, their union, their relationship, the way that they were. What's happened is they've multiplied, but all that's been multiplied is the evilness and the cruelty. And so what happens in this story is they've grown in number, but all they're doing is just raping and pillaging constantly, and he's grieved in his heart. What's interesting about this story as well is, in this moment where it talks about grieved in his heart, the original language is kind of like, actually, a uh, Repentance. So God hasn't sinned. He's created us good and wonderful, but he's had this feeling of repentance, this, this change of heart, this change of attitude, where he's kind of thinking to himself, like, oh man, I just want to, I just wish I hadn't done this. So in this story, we have repentance. And what's really amazing and fascinating about that is the baptism actually comes from this story. It doesn't come from John the Baptist. John the Baptist isn't the only guy baptizing. Every single Jewish 
um, ecclesia, church, because they had churches, they used the same word in the Greek at the time of Jesus. They were all doing baptismal pools, and you would get baptized into their tradition and their beliefs. And which one you got baptized in would say what line you were of and what opinion you had and what views you had. And it all comes down to this story. And the reason for it is this. It's because when they were baptizing, although God had done no sin in this, he felt bad about it and wanted to turn things back to how it was. What they would do is they would take the story of the flood and they wouldn't be waiting for God's judgment. They would want to be baptized because they were running towards God's judgment and saying, God, I'm dirty, my intentions, my heart, I need to be cleaned, I want to be changed. And so when they would go, they would go to a particular Jewish community. They would be baptized saying, I'm committing to the ways of this people. I want to live in this way. I want to have these values. I want to continue these actions. I want to see this social change within my society, within my, my community. And I want to be a part of that. And what they would do is they would see how God had, had, had turned around um, to bring things back. And they were like, we want to be a part of that story. We don't want to be a part of the multiplication of evil and wickedness of rape and pillage. We want to be a part of the multiplication of the goodness of God, his grace, his kingdom, and all that goes with it. So a lot of stuff kind of hinges um, from, from this initial story. And we see um, those two mirrors of the seeing, attractive, took, seeing good took um we're seeing about these these fallen ones and it says the lord saw that they were the wickedness of man's heart of man was great on the earth and every intent of his thought and the lord regretted that he made man he kind of repented greed him his heart and here's his repentance so i will blot out every living thing for i am sorry that i have made them but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord i love that verse i mean what a g what an absolute G and it also talks about Noah in the same connotation of of Enoch that he walked with God but Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord what I love about that one statement is I think about how wicked the preceding text speaks, it speaks not only of the vastness in number um, of Donald Trump supporters, I mean no, of fallen ones um, everywhere it talks about the vastness, the bleakness of the situation. It talks about the darkness, the depth of the sin, the way that they are just taking people, human beings, and abusing them in such a horrible way. And he's looking around, and like it comes down to just one guy, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And then I start to think about our society, and I start to think about a lot of the things we can see in the media. Um, a lot of the stories we can, we can see that are put out there that are so, so sad, so sickening. Um, we, can see, um, we can see racism, which is disgusting. We can still see the same story of seeing and taking here and now in our society. Um, there's always stories of, of, of rape in, in, the, in the press. Um, there's missing children. There's more depression and anxiety amongst young people than ever before um, that's been recorded. Um, we feel more alone than we've ever felt before. All these sorts of things is a real kind of heavy darkness. But what I love is Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And it changes, it causes a shift in the whole situation. And I started to think about who I am. And I wanted us to think about who we are. Are we the type of people that in the month of a situation that's going to cause God to see and to think differently when he looks at us? What is it in our lives that we're doing or could be doing that when God looks at the world, he sees it differently through you and through me and through our actions and our interactions? The fact that Noah could find that kind of favor. So we, we move on um, now to 
we're going to skip straight through pretty much most of the story just because otherwise we will we'll be here for a, a long time um, and so we're going to skip ahead to chapter 8 so the flood has, has come it's happened um, all that madness but Noah remembered uh, but God remembered Noah chapter 8 but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark and God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided the fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed and the rain from the heavens were restrained and the waters receded on the earth continually at the end of 150 days the waters had abated and in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat and the waters continued to abate until the 10th month in the 10th month on the first day of the month the tops of the mountains were seen at the end of the 40 days Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven from it it went to and fro until the waters were dried up on the earth then he sent forth a dove from him to see the waters subsided from the face of the ground face of the ground but the dove found no place to set foot and she returned to him in the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth so he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him he waited another seven days again and sent forth the dove out of the ark and the dove came back to him in the evening and behold, in her mouth was a fleshy plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. Um, in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from the face, off from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you, all the flesh, birds, animals, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. What I love about this part of the story is the thing that gripped me was that everything was dry and it says, it still paints a picture of Noah waiting there. He's taking the covering and he's just having a look. It's only at the point where it says, then God said to Noah, go out from the ark you and your wife and your sons and your son's wife there's a long time between like the, the dove coming back with that leaf it's not like the dove came back with the leaf and then they're, they're, they're dusting they're out the dove goes away completely and then they're still not like oh the dove's gone away completely let's go out they still stay there he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits and I was just thinking about that I was thinking bro his kids must have been vexed like he's been locked up in that ting all that time yeah don't matter if, like some of them are full grown men you know and they're, they're in this place and they're still in there and they're going like no bruv like it's been gone for a while you know like that bird's gone it's gone it's fine we can go out and Noah's like no we wait no but no we've been in here like days hundreds over 150 days and then you're still talking about drying subsiding all this kind of stuff they're in there a long time that's a big part of you in this boat and these guys are like oh Noah like you know I think I think it's alright now I think it's okay and Noah it's when he says God says he can go and then I was thinking about my own life and I was thinking about those times when you're kind of like trapped in this situation and I'm moaning and I'm moaning and I'm moaning at God. And those times when I haven't waited for God to say it's time to get out and step out of this situation. It's time you can step out of that. And then you run into something and what you end up doing is you're in a pot, but now you're in the fire. 
and you didn't I weren't listening I weren't on it I wasn't waiting I just wanted what I wanted and I just thought this is too long now I can tell it's dry out there but like that doesn't mean it's safe out there that doesn't mean it's ready for you to live out there it doesn't mean it's okay and we just get so focused in like this sucks like if that elephant farts one more time I swear I'm gonna bang out like do you know what I mean it's like how many times in your life have you been in those situations at work where you're like this is so bad and you wanna rush out quick because it just sucks but actually sometimes sometimes you have to stay there and sometimes it's really important just to wait for him to say because we can make decisions based upon like yeah but the signs are good like it brought a leaf back less dust but like you get out there you die it's, it's not ready the environment's not ready or, or well it's been gone for a few days now no, Noah and his family they wait until God speaks and then he steps out and I think man I need to learn to have that patience to truly wait and trust in him on what he's saying for my life because I think like I think I'm Hulk Hogan man I think Hogan knows best I think Andy knows best I think I know best I don't know best and I can prove I don't know best like the amount of times with my, my wife and with Eden where I've gone and made a decision and I shouldn't have made that decision I should have taken my time I should have waited a little bit longer there's times when Jody's made decisions we should have waited a little bit longer we should have heard we should have known and we could have saved ourselves so much trouble and I just want to um, tell us like it may be 150 days later 150 days later but you still might need to you might want to still check and run that by him before you just duck out into whatever, into the unknown um, as Christians we should, we're not fearful we have faith but we have faith that he knows best and we boldly step out like God provides for us when we step out in faith it's not like it's a worst thing that it's always safe everything God's ever called me to do has been mad dangerous but it's like he called me to do it I'm here there's no bullet holes but there's people whose lives that I touched and I impacted while I was doing that so I just want to encourage you guys that we've got to kind of step out in those kind of things the last thing we're getting to is in Genesis chapter 20 then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Noah built an altar. So Noah, on the one hand, before leaving the ark, he waits to hear from God. It's been dry for time, but he waits. But as soon as he's out, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. He shows this thankfulness of the situation he's been through. Like, yes, they're all alive, and yes, they're on that. But being on that ark for that many days, that's, that's not an easy thing. Like, that's, that's not, it's not like he's, he's like at the Four Seasons in Hampshire. Like, this, that's a tough gig. That is a horrible gig. And as he comes out, he waits for God to say you can go out. But then when it comes to saying thank you, he ain't waiting for no signs. He's on it. And he just creates this altar. Um, and then he takes the altar. He took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird because there's more than two of those. And he offered the burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart. So the Lord saw the wickedness on the face of the earth of just rape and pillaging being absolutely everywhere. And he was grieved and he repented and wanted to turn things back to the beginning and start afresh and start anew. And as they start this off, the first thing Noah does is he, he, he creates this, this thank you, this, this sign of like what God has given to him, what God has done uh, being such a, a beautiful and wonderful thing. And the Lord smells it 
and it causes a change back in his heart because God has turned this way going I wish we could go back to the beginning I'm done with this I'm not dealing with this foolishness any law this is, this is it I'm dead in it um, I'm going to duppy these people and then he comes to this point where he smells the fragrance of who Noah is and he's like oh you know what yeah they're cool from their heart this is who they are this is how they're going to be but we're going to bring about something different because he smells in this sacrifice and you know what it is about this sacrifice is it's the sacrifice that every sacrifice in the bible points to and it's the sacrifice of jesus and it brings about a whole different fragrance to our lives that god sees us through christ and through what he's done for us and so when we look at baptism and we look at the water um, and being baptized into christ it's running towards god's judgment it's embracing his cleansing and his washing flow over us but it's appreciating that god brings the altar to our lives the alteration and we build the altar and the thankfulness and that God appreciates the thankfulness in our lives and the change that it can bring. The question I have for all of us today is kind of a moment of kind of a little bit of reflection is actually to think about what incense does my life smell like? And that's what they're going to be doing out there with Marv's aftershaves <laughs> that he's got. What, what fragrance, what do I smell like? Um, me, not too great today. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, I smell great. No, I don't. I don't know. Um, what do I smell like? How does my life smell? Like, does God smell me and take a totally different view of mankind? Does he take a totally different view of my friendship group? Does he take a totally different view uh, of, of the community I, that I'm in? Does God see me and my actions and then look down and go, oh, it's totally cool. And he's got this. He's, he's just bringing such a great aroma to his workplace, bringing such a great aroma to his family, to his community, to, to his church. Or is God like going like, dang, man, <laughs> you stink. You need, some, you need some incense. You need some Jesus in your life. Um, that's what I want us to kind of reflect on. I'm going to pray for us for today. Um, and we're going to close this particular part of our series. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness towards each one of us. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for um, this particular uh, account that, that we can look at. I thank you, Lord, that... Um, we want to be people that multiply the goodness of God on this earth. We don't want to be people multiplying the misery, the pain, and the wickedness. Father, though we see things um, that appear unattractive to us, may we not be people that take. May we be people that work our way to those sorts of things and building those meaningful relationships and those caring. That anything that is about taking is not of you and it's not good and that grieves your heart. May we not be people who take, but may we be people of knowing, who care and build faithful and good and long-lasting relationships. Father, may we be patient. So often we just want to rush out of the situation we're in, but sometimes it comes 150 days later. And we have this weird idea with faith and with you, God, that we just say a prayer one time and then boom, um, it, it's all there. Um, sometimes you have got it all there and you have already answered, but it's not waiting in the time frame we have in mind. May we wait for it to be dry. May we wait for it to be safe. May we wait, be, wait for it for you to call us out. But when you do, Father, may we never be slow to thank you. May we be quick and may we be a fresh smelling aroma. May we be the people at work who say thank you more than anyone else that we are bringing the incense of the life that you've called us to be, uh, the aroma and the fragrance to our families, to our communities, and to our workplace. In Jesus' name, amen.